I can't like go like this, George, because like you want me to do this? To right, sit yeah. cr- crisscross we legs. Bit, we are a little bit close. Like that. Let's Fucking go one. Like, let's go one in, one out. What do we can join twins? <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 24 of the Coffee Club Pod. We are here live, but not in person together, unfortunately. It is pretty impressive, I think, that we had a 23-episode streak of all being in the same room. It was that's actually, that's false. <laughs> episode one. That's, Remember? Well, that's why I said 20, is that 22 oh. then? Yeah, I was, 22. I was trying to not include episode one in that streak. Yeah, but, but you see, yeah, I missed the first episode. Yeah. We've been going strong was... since the first episode. <laughs> or I guess yeah. since the second. First episode what, what, was a shit show with technical now? difficulties, but uh, I think there might be some te- technical difficulties here. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we can uh, have this smooth. One benefit of doing this via the web and using the platform that we're using is that I can put sound effects in. So, for example, oh, that was can you sick. guys hear that? Yeah. When are we releasing episode 00? zero? <laughs> What even? What did we talk about in episode zero? That's like one of the hidden archives that we should we should uh, release. Limited we, time. Did they actually we have that recorded somewhere? I think you yeah, still have because, it, right? Because do you remember it was like a meme for like our first like five episodes that we would always reference stuff that we talked about in episode zero? But I can't even <laughs> remember what we actually talked about now. I wonder how bad it was. <laughs> Ollie, you got a good memory, man. You got a great memory to think of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was us explaining why the world needed a new podcast. <laughs> Bro, the more I look around, the more I realize that every single person just like has like a podcast and every person has like a clothing line. Like all the things that like we aspire to do is just like, just, I don't know. We're just another couple of random NPCs out there, you know? We're not main characters. Saturated market. But that's, yeah. how you, that's why you know it works though, if you do it yeah. good. Yeah, when you put it like that, and that does make sense. But yeah, so I'm out here in Phoenix, Arizona, which I have to say, boys, weather is amazing. It's it it's so nice here. <laughs> I like, it like I don't, I'm not gonna, today. Yeah, it's 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 like 32 degrees Celsius here. It's um it's hot. It's just beautiful. I forgot how nice it was here, like this the town and stuff. I'm staying in Tempe. Uh it's just beautiful. But the reason I'm here is to see John Ball, who is I guess technically another chiropractor, but for those who don't know, he's, I don't even know how to describe him. He's like a wizard pretty much. He's hes the go-to guy who, if you're a professional runner or even like a college runner, like at NAU, who, I mean, they're pretty much professional runners and you get injured and you want to get, get healthy quick, you go see John Ball here in Phoenix. So a lot of people do what I'm doing where you like fly in and see him for a week and he just like he just treats like the the fuck out of you. It's 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 He's it's pretty like the track guru, yeah. Of like the US, maybe the world. Who knows? I mean, yeah. the fact that there are people that own houses in Phoenix just because of John Ball, yeah. Like up, changed, like moved across the country for that is pretty wild. It is ridiculous. I mean, you guys have both seen him, haven't you? I know, obviously, George, you've seen him a few times. Oh, you've seen him as well, right? Yeah, I saw him once or twice and I was skeptical because I am an advocate for, I was an advocate for no treatment because I never really got it. And then I saw, um, is this when you hurt your ass? 
This is when I fell. This is when I fell on my. This is I think a week. This was a week or two weeks before I ran three thirty two. I um, was kicking the ball around. and I fell on my ass on the concrete with Carlos. Shout out Jose. <laughs> and then John uh, John Ball treated me for two days, and then I was better. So. Yeah, I, I definitely believe the hype after that. I mean, there's two people that I hype up a lot, and that's Jason, our boy Jason, um, who's in Michigan, and then then John Ball in, in Arizona. So Yeah, yeah funny I, enough, they, they, they went to the same school at the same time, the same Cairo school. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I guess I everyone goes there. But yeah. what are your experiences with him, George? I saw him for the first time, like, the end of my freshman year, I think, on, like, I think literally on the way home to like New Zealand, I like went on the way to the airport, which I've done a few times actually, because it kind of like is convenient to go through Phoenix. Um, and yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's not like getting treatment with anyone else in the world. You just like, no. it's like on and off the table. He watches you run on the treadmill for like a couple of minutes and like the stuff he can see in like the shortest amount of time on a treadmill is wild and then i didn't see him for like a few years i don't know why we wouldn't we weren't getting it covered by nau was part of the reason i think after i left they started paying for it yeah once, he's like it, once it's just, wasn't blue collar anymore yeah you guys are definitely white collar <laughs> now after that yeah, so have we talked about now. the new facility on the podcast i think we might have touched on it but i think we talked about oh. the trade modes <laughs> yeah Dude, it's, it's ridiculous that so i think now a lot of pro athletes and pro groups can't get their hands on a woodway, whereas NAU has like 10. They just got right 10 now. and they got a reverse that's altitude a, room. Yeah, that's like a scratch off like what the bill was, right? What, what was the bill? 36 million? No, it was like 50 million. I think. 50 million. <clears throat> NAU. And, and you know, small school apparently, about $50 million big facilities. Dreams. Small group, small, small dick, big dreams. Shout out. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, my, my, that's my mantra. Anyway, yeah, small um, dick, big small dreams. Dick, big dreams. But yeah, no, NAU uh, definitely got that got that blank check for Mike Smith, and Mike Smith's like, "Hey, can I have ten woodways?" And he got them. Dude, so that's what I would spend that on, hundred percent. But yeah, John Ball, my experience this time has been pretty wild because I am like literally in Phoenix Sunday to Friday. So I think it's kind of a case of there's such a distinct timeline on like how long I'm going to be here and how long I'll be available for treatment. And he has just been literally like going at it um like yesterday i got here i got to see him i think i went in there at 10 in the morning and then i got back at like 3 30 in the afternoon and it was just it was just ridiculous the amount of treatment that i got and the stuff which i i need to so he works he he has like this crazy understanding of the human body and it's it's really good it's kind of hard for you to understand i think sometimes as the athlete because it is pretty complicated some of the stuff going on but like my understanding at the moment of like what he's working on is that my adductors are way too short, which apparently happens to a lot of runners. And so he has to lengthen my adductors. <laughs> and obviously the method of lengthening adductors is just like physically going in there and absolutely destroying your high adductors right where they attach. And so it is extremely painful. It is a, it's, it's quite the experience, but it is wild. As George mentioned, he will watch you run on the treadmill. Well, for me, he has me doing a lot of strides and they'll like film me doing strides and then I'll get work and then I'll go do another stride. And the amount of improvement that you actually get to see between those strides after getting the work is pretty crazy. So yeah, I'm here getting that done. 
we'll be back in Boulder in a few days, but uh, by the time I get back, you guys will be gone because you guys got your own freaking trips to go on. So what's going on in your guys' life? We are going to Orange County. Yeah. We're crashing we're crashing the, the 10K party that everyone's having. The in, keen. In Southern California and putting on our own race. I guess no, we're not really putting it on. Well, yeah, it's more of a. Uh, I mean, obviously, Bauman are going to be headlining that that ten k. Um, yeah. But there's a fifteen hundred on, and it's going to be nice. I think there's a lot of guys in there that are looking to run three thirty five or well, under three thirty five. Sorry, uh, for the world champ qualifier. So we just the the list just got released. So there's two Bauman guys in it. Um, Josh Thompson and Amos Bidwismeyer, and then Louis G. Um, is the Luigi just has he been in like every race with you, George? I swear, wherever you race, Luigi is there. me around. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long hair club. Be good, yeah. You guys have your little be, social long hair club. It'll be a good rematch for Milrose. Hopefully. Yeah, no, that should be it. Should be a good race. Um, I think George and I, it's going to be a nice little hit out for us because we'll head to Munich on the 10th of March to kind of get in some training over in Europe before we head into Belgrade for World Indoors. So. It's a nice little race before then, and uh, yeah, it should be fun, shouldn't it, George? Yeah, another good matchup for the coffee club. Had one back in <laughs> December in the 5K. Yeah. Swing towards Ollie, as it normally does. As it normally but, does. Um, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's like the plan for the for the 1500 then? I don't know if it's like top secret information or whatever. It's it's interesting because I haven't been around you guys, so I don't actually know what, what the discourse is, what's, what's going on, but is there like a specific plan is it like go after that world champs time for you george or is it just ollie do his classic ollie shit and just like go run like 155 and then run another 155 or whatever type shit so the, the classic uh top secret confidential confidential uh stance isn't here honestly um i think we're getting it's in pace to 155 and then the point is in the last bit of the race um i'm hopefully we'll you know kind of squeeze it down a little bit and Hopefully push the pace so we can get as many yeah. guys under 335 as we can. I think practicing George. closing off a medium fast pace as opposed to hanging on off a ridiculous pace, which is what you did a little bit last year. Yeah, I think it's good for championship. Leading into championship yeah. racing is just being able to close off a hard pace. and Which is what championship out. races are, I feel like, these days. I like they, they close hard, but they're also fast. So it's like it's closing off kind of an already uncomfortable pace. A hundred percent. I mean, Josh Kerr just showed that what you can do with that going into, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if we're going to talk about this that early, but he ra- he ran, what did he run? 332 and 348 in B- MBU, but he like, he went through 800 in, what was it? Well, I think it was 156 for 809. His third okay. 400 was his fastest. And, yeah, and then yeah. he went 55. He went 55, and then I think he... 55 again? No. No. He he ran through 57, 56, 57 maybe. I don't know how the math, I mean, how does the math work out. I'm not sure. All I know is it's bloody impressive. Um, I think yeah. we, we definitely called that the way he was going to break both is, was was to push that 1500 like pretty hard and then try and just walk in the last 100, and he did say that in his interview afterwards. But man, like, yeah, he ran 332 high. For the uh, 1500 and then 348.87, which is third all time. So pretty, pretty freaking sweet. Where else to do it other than lovely Boston? Or one of those yeah, tracks yeah. where you just seem to think, wow, there must be a cheat code here or something. But 
Um, yeah, it was very impressive. And I think a lot of guys ran pretty quick in that race. It was like 54s. Reed Brown was 54. So many people. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to see. Um, and then, yeah, there was that comment that George has mentioned with, uh, why is it Carl Merber? Hmm? The comment with Carl Merber about Josh not running nationals, but doing that. Oh yeah. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much your rival, Ollie. You're the one that's going to bring this shit up. My, my rival. I mean, I ran 3.32 low this time last year. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of Josh not running British champs? Personally, he can do what he wants. He's an Olympic bronze medalist. But I, I, I feel like I get a lot of respect to people that actually go to their national champs and compete and race if they can. But, I mean, it wasn't obviously on his timetable. His timetable was to break that record, and that's what he did. So, um, But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, we don't have an indoor – New Zealand and Australia – um, doesn't have an indoor track. People probably are shocked about that, but we don't have an indoor facility, so we don't have an indoor championships anyway for track and field. So for us, we don't have to go back for our championships. So I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool to do that, but I also would have loved him to go to Worlds because when a guy's running that well, you would want to race against the best. That's what World Championships is about. So my my two cents is... Good job, but I'm sure in the future we'll see a lot of people running under 350, particularly at Boston. Yeah, man. it's. I mean, it's been the trend for like a long time now, but you just got to go to BU and run quick. It's just, it's just hacks. I honestly, I 100% believe that in the near future, we're going to be racing outdoor races. Like during outdoor season, you're going to be racing at BU indoor track. I don't like, I don't know if it gets like really hot in there or something, but if, if it can be like decent, conditions in there i don't know why you would and you're purely just going for time and that's all you care about i i don't know why you wouldn't do that especially if you were like a bowman or something where like you can have a very controlled race environment and like that's like what is good for you guys to run quick i mean they're going and doing it outdoors um this upcoming weekend in the 10k i guess the 10k indoors sounds pretty ridiculous <laughs> sounds but, pretty terrible how many laps is that <laughs> it's like 50 yeah how slow would they how slow would they have to run for you to think that they should have gone to boston see i it's i guess it's like if they say if they like didn't break 27 which i do think they will break 27 i I just have to imagine that bu is potentially like like 10 15 seconds over 10k i I, that might i'm kind of just making those numbers up to be honest and maybe yeah running that far on indoor track ends up actually being kind of difficult because it is just 50 laps which just sounds so tough to do like mentally but just with how good that track is it it has to have a benefit which compounds you know over like the distances that you're racing like a 10k has got to feel pretty good on that track i would i mean i could be wrong because maybe that track is actually optimized for certain speeds and the 10k is too slow for it i guess I think you're right, though. I think well, when we told that, like, the longer you run on a track like that, the more benefit you get out of it. Well, that's what I I would say. There's definitely like a point. There's a race where you stop getting the benefits of the track. I'd say like the 800 is never going to be as fast indoors. No, I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I, and I honestly and 400 too. Oh, yeah, and everything below it. But I almost I don't think anyone's ever going to run 325 indoors. Really? No. I think I think that the sweet spot's the three k five k personally, um, yeah. but I mean people have talked about certain indoor tracks just feeling slow and being being shit. I mean look at the um, University of Michigan's track; it's 
I mean, Morgan and I both run on that and we both know that track sucks. That's the indoor bank 200. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That is a funny one because that was a new facility. Shout out, shout out, shout out, Dish can go blue. Um, but, <laughs> I no, think but, some like, people probably track, love that track though. But yeah, yeah we but, I mean, it. we ran we ran on it and I even noticed it in a mile. It was really hard to run on because it was so soft to the point where you were like sinking in. And Morgan had to qualify for NCAAs in the big tens and you ran that five can you ran 13 30 something yeah and it would look like it looks so painful because the track is just like not fast at all in my opinion i got people could say differently but i think from what i experienced it was pretty pretty shit yeah no it, it just like it wasn't it didn't feel quick to run on and compared to say like the armory i haven't run on boston so i can't say how boston is but i would imagine yeah, that feels a lot better, but I've run on the Armory and, and that track feels pretty nice. So comparing that to Michigan, the Michigan track did not feel very good. But um, alas, going back to the 10K, do we have time predictions then? Because I just kind of said, I think they will probably run sub 27. I mean, do, have they said what they're going for? Are they going for like US records or, or what's happening here? Definitely a 26 at the front. Yeah. I don't know yeah. after that. I would say if Grant's running 12.53 indoors, there's no way he's not eyeing to run under 20. Yeah, yeah, no, under 27. American record is 26.44. That's no, that's no fucking joke. Um, Based on the way they ran it last year, they negative split by like 25 seconds or something last year. I would imagine they're going to do something similar. There's definitely yeah. variables in there. That's pretty, like, okay, so if the weather's good, pacing's spot on, everyone's feeling good, Grant's going to rip, then I could see it being very quick. Remember Very that, quick. Is that Karen could PR in the 5K twice? Yeah. <laughs> that, was yeah not, that was last that year. Was, that, was, that, was, that was whack. That was whack, bro. Um, but yeah, that could, that could honestly happen. I could see something crazy happen, but I could also see them just going under 27. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think people, obviously, everyone's running so freaking fast right now, which is pretty sick, but I think people will underestimate how hard it is to break 27. Not saying the Bowman guys will, but I, I'm thinking maybe one or two guys might get under 27. I'm not thinking that, like, you'd have five. You know what I mean? I think maybe just mm-hmm. one or two, but I, that's my prediction. I think at some point, Mo and Grant are going to leave the rest of them. Yeah, behind. I think Mo and Grant are going to be the ones to do it. I mean, who else is in it for Bauman? Woody. Like all of them. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Woody. I mean, Woody, what did Woody run at Boston? 13? I just forgot because he wasn't in that race. Oh, he's 13.05 in the know, second race. freaking easy. Yeah, so he could potentially <laughs> right, be those three. good too. Um, Sean McGordy is debuting and he's 10. So is Evan. Evan, all, these, Evan all, the Steve, all the Steve Chasers are running 10K. Dude, did you realize that Evan Yeager is very similar to Aaron Yeager? <laughs> Good Attack on Titan reference. Did you guys notice <laughs> I that? I didn't know. I didn't know where that was going. Do you yeah, reckon I mean, Evan Yeager is out there? Their names are definitely similar in the way yeah. they look. And he has a ponytail as well, you know? Just I mean, that's that's um, kind of a spoiler for season four, but... Yeah. Um, I, too late now, bro. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I think the difference with the Bowman race is that I think it was a good it the five kit that they did they often will either have like their absolute heavy hitters or they'll have their second I don't want to call them second tier because they're still absolutely amazing but whatever you would call those two races that happen at Boston and I think last year the 10k wasn't their necessarily heavy hitters I think it pretty much depends if Mohamed is in the race and he's finishing or not. Like him and Grant are now obviously their heavy hitters. And so if they're putting their heavy hitters in a race, you, I I would say that you expect them to absolutely like go for it. If it wasn't the heavy hitters, I think, yeah, you would kind of see them go out more conservatively and then just let it happen. But if if Grant 
and Mo are both in the race, I have to imagine that they are not messing around at all and that they're they're going for it. I'd be in, very interested to see what the pace is to go through 5K. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 13.30, like literally 27-minute pace. You know, I, I, I could 100% see that considering how quick they've run a couple of weeks ago. So if they what end they up the running... What if they that? go through in 12.53? <laughs> It's like, it's like I can do it once, I'll do it again. If you went through in twelve fifty three, then you would have a lot of leeway. This is true. Then you could just jog in that second half. Money but in the bank. Money in the bank. Money in the bank, baby. Regress. Regress. Okay, this, this is my prediction. If if they go and it's bad weather, then they'll never race outdoors again. They'll only race indoors from this point on. Only do Boston. <laughs> only do Boston. And that, that's a solid prediction. And we will too, because we'll probably be the same. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, is there any other big hitters, as Morgan would call them, big hitters, uh, other than Bauman? I, I think I think big the hitters. official page called them the heavy hitters, so maybe we should refer oh, to them. The heavy hitters, they hit heavy. They don't hit big, they hit heavy. Um, is there anybody yeah. other than Bauman that's big there, like any big names? Our that favorite, Mr. Sam Atkin. Oh, <clears throat> touches like this and you do it like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's coming off of 1303. Is, is I don't know if Emmanuel... Would be racing probably not, considering that he just did U.S. indoors world. and he's doing yeah. world indoors, and he just ran thirteen flat. Any any so. news on uh, Hulk Hawker and Cooper Teardrop jumping in? <laughs> I did, I those heard, guys aren't going to Worlds, man. That'd be a good training session for I heard him. Cole's not racing game. again. He's not racing again until World Outdoors. That's what I heard. So he's already qualified for <laughs> the U.S. team. Yeah, <laughs> he's already qualified. Cooper, De- Cooper Teardrop's probably they probably filmed me something with New Gen to set up for the next next 10k maybe yeah um, what do you guys think about seeing uh Cole not racing us indoors because him and josh Kerr are the are the same in terms of the fact that these guys are potential gold or medalists. silver medalists yeah. they're definitely potential medalists at world indoors and that's people i guess don't care about that sometimes but if you get one of those medals i mean that's there's nothing to to laugh the about one really. thing that would, the one thing that would annoy me a lot though is if if i was fortunate enough to win a medal and someone would be like oh but cole hawker wasn't there oh but josh Kerr wasn't there that's that like, is annoying that's annoying i <laughs> no, want them to be there because you already beat josh this season yeah and but i haven't beat cole yeah but i did and you'll beat me so <laughs> that's not yeah <laughs> just it's 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 not like, do you know a, what i mean like property. i feel like as a an, a competitor i want to compete against the best and the, if the best aren't turning up then it doesn't feel yeah. like no doubt you know what i mean like so i have it that feeling but weird. then also yeah. like Cole's earned the right to, if he feels like that he can't compete at Worlds to his best potential and he wants to save it for Eugene, he has every right to do that. No one, It's no one's business, you know. Um, but and it's the same with Josh. But it's interesting because I feel like without, as a, as a professional athlete, particularly in running, you don't have many years to be able to compete at World Championships and compete at such a high level. And I feel like Cole and uh, Josh are at that level of like medalists. Like you're not going to be at that level forever. So letting yeah. those opportunities go can potentially be bad because you could, what happens next year if they just, you know, not, not saying that it would happen, but injury or underperform, like, and then they had an opportunity to win a medal at World Indoors. I don't know. That's my, what happens, my two cents. What happens at the next one if you decide you really don't want to run and then, but you've got this clip? Backed up in well <laughs> hopefully hopefully if i don't want to run then i have a very good reason but i think the one thing that i actually really like about our situation and about risk is like we take every opportunity we get i think like whether it's well cross whether it's like if you're ready and you're fit like take the opportunity 
Um, I mean, if you medal it, say you're a medalist at World <laughs> Indoors, but there's something close up down the line, I could see someone saying, well, I've already medaled at World Indoors. I've already had that experience. I might move to the, you know, I might save myself for this other goal that I haven't achieved yet. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this clip will get replayed and I'll look like an <laughs> asshole. It doesn't have, it's happened before. It'll happen again, surely. So. Yeah. I mean, Cole Hawk is freaking 20 years young. He's, I, I don't know. I wonder if it was his decision or Ben Thompson's decision. I don't, I don't know, but Thompson, Thompson yeah. <laughs> Just a little shout out to Ben Thompson. With Josh Kerr, it's kind of like, it's kind of like classic Josh Kerr where he's just like, he's just, he, he's barely even raced indoors in, as a pro. You know, I don't even know if he has raced indoors as a pro until, until this year. So it's like he he always just kind of like bets on himself to to perform at on the big stage and obviously yeah the biggest stage of our sport is world outdoors or the olympics whatever that is and that's how yeah that's how they're gonna operate i suppose based on that it's the same with how balance race because i mean they didn't even take the step of bothering to race nationals like they've they're i think they had no one race u.s indoors because they have these other setup races yeah, to Josh run Oh yeah, yeah, he did, and he is racing yeah. actually in worlds, and isn't he? he made worlds. Yeah, yeah. So. they lost some streak of like nine years having an indoor champ there. Oh, they had nine years of that. Wow, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I it's interesting that you th- like the way that works because it seems like they're very successful doing that, right? Like uh, Josh yeah. has obviously shown that success. Bauman have showed that success. I wonder if that will start to happen with certain groups. Will have that inclination to just not race. <laughs> anything like like just focus on like the big head like having your heady hitters focus on just big races instead of running like um, a sound running meet yeah it de- definitely there's a financial aspect in it as well that often contracts are more like they're more generous if you run 26 40 uh, than right. if you go to world indoors and get top five it's true I'll- I'll run this race for money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know what their contracts actually. I say, mean, it's a good but, point because everyone's contracts like, different too. The so. sport lends itself towards times and oh, not the sport. Like, I bet Josh Kerr is going to make way more money breaking two British records and running three forty eight than going to World Indoors. Not that that's the only reason he did it, obviously, but like that's that's part of the kind of the brands well the risk isn't as high too because like the risk is okay i'm going to go to world indoors and i'm going to win a medal that's a lot harder than going out and knowing that you're fit enough to run a british record do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so maybe that's just an easy way to if you're a gambling man um that's the easy way to, to place your bets you know i'll bet myself on myself than having to go to a world world championship where there's a lot of guys that could beat me whereas i just go and run 348 and chicka chicka yeah cash in yeah why not just do your thing and uh, yeah i mean who knows i i think i think it's the way the sport will go like i think more pros will look at that and think it's like the way to operate is to like yeah just prepare for these massive meets being the worlds and olympics but it is good to see it's not necessarily true for everyone because then you take a counter example you look at like Jakob, for example he actually Stewie. races. Yeah, I mean, Yucca races a lot. And, yeah. and that's and like Stewie races a lot too. I actually was thinking about that when you were saying that too. It's really interesting because Jakob and Stewie have been very successful at just putting out these amazing races back to back to back. And um, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, they like turned out to have really good um, championship races too. So maybe it depends on the athlete, but I don't know. My, yeah. I just, it was in, it's interesting because it's we've seen both sides of the coin. I think yeah. if you look at it that way. Yeah. No, it definitely can go both ways, and definitely depends on the athlete. I mean, take yourself for example. You you definitely raced a lot last year, and I don't know. Maybe you you felt like you should have raced a little less, which is true. But even racing a little less, you still would have put in a lot more races than a lot of other people. And I mean, you ran quick in freaking January or February, and you also ran quick in like August, September, whenever the Diamond League final was. So, yeah, you're you're pretty good at that. So it it definitely works for different people. Thank thank you, <laughs> thanks Morgan. Yeah. So, um, like moving on from that, we kind of touched on a bit, but we should probably do a little recap of the U.S. indoors. Should give a big shout out to Alicia Monson. Monson qualifying for her second u.s team in uh i believe two attempts coming second in the 3k which was pretty damn sweet i actually i didn't get to watch the race because i was like literally boarding my plane um but it sounds like she uh she went and executed that plan which ritz laid out for her which was certainly not an easy task to do go to the front and just hammer away on some chicks how was it uh I, I honestly thought that it kind of fell into El Puro's lap quite a bit, like to have Alicia take most of that mental energy and leading. Like you're not going to outkick El Puro, who is a sub for 1500 meter girl. So I think Alicia kind of set it up for El to, to just kick down and win. And then Alicia makes the team in second. But um, I mean, Alicia did exactly what she wanted to do, make the US team. And um, she achieved that and she did it the best way um, possible and she seems you know that's the thing like you make the u.s team you go to worlds that's the that's the that's the objective so she definitely yeah. uh, definitely did it she got the job done i mean she she was going to the front but she wasn't really like just laying it down like if you oh really she, she's got some pretty interesting splits from like for probably six laps in there she was alternating like two seconds every lap that's like wild. 35 37 35 all right, back from a brief Gus break, our first Gus break in a few weeks, which I haven't seen Gus in a few days, but um, apparently there's been an injury with him. Apparently he's been he's been getting worked a little a little too hard over there. Is that true? Yeah, so we have an injury, um, another injury with Coffee Club. So Gus has caused a massive blister on his paw from balling out with Carlos. And he came in licking his paw and limping around, and we checked it. it's pretty, pretty bad. But we've been. Wait, what did it look like? Did he just like? Did he just like, like, tear like, off so like the, the skin? Yeah, the skin is like completely gone. Wait, do dogs have skin? Like, it's red, and it's and it's red. It's not bleeding, but it looks very painful. It looks like a blister when you like kind of get rid of the skin off a blister. That's what it looks like. So, um, we've been, me and George have been veterinarians and trying to. Make sure we keep the wound clean and uh, keep him happy. He still wants to chase rocks and run around, but he can't because he's Wait, he just has to power through it? Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to like trek on through it. He'll like stand and like limp around like this. He's like, I can yeah, do it. What, See, what a trooper. We taped, we taped it up too and he's just a trooper. I don't. Th- either he's a trooper or he's really stupid. I think it's a ladder, <laughs> but. Wait, I need to see a picture of him with a taped up paw. That sounds like an amazing image. Yeah, but he he kept licking it, so I had to pull it off this morning. But he's he's actually doing yeah. okay. So everyone, put Gus in your thoughts. Yeah, so prayers up for Gus. Bless up. He's actually been a very good boy. We've had no accidents. Um, 
no chewing anything, no destroying AirPods. He's been pretty good. So, so far, Gus is starting to mellow out, but we'll see. Usually he comes up with a surprise attack later on. Just when you least expect boy now. Just when you least expect it, laptop gone or something like that. You know? Yeah, no, we need to put a picture of that out to the world so they can send him their, uh, their healing energy and so he can know that everyone stands with him. But... Yeah, from that brief intermission, back to talking about the U.S. indoors. So obviously that was the women's 3K where Ellie got it done um, and Alicia came second after. And that came the the day after a pretty dramatic women's 1500, which I did get to catch the the end of that race. That was freaking sick, just having three girls separated by, I don't even know what it was. It was probably a few centimeters or something. It was, yeah, that was crazy to see. So we had... Heather McLean come first and then Josette Norris second. And then it was a big surprise. It was a massive kind of upset because Ellie is, came third, and but she was obviously like the favorite. But I guess she just, she tried to lead the whole race, right? And then at the end, these girls just came, came around and, you know. It was, a great, it was a great change from uh, from some time trials. Just USA's in general was like a, a nice respite from just watching pace races all winter. Yeah. yeah it was no, fun it, to watch. It was like some some real racing out there. I mean, and I think that just shows how good the women's, like the um, just in general, like American women's distance running is so amazing right now that you can have someone who's as good as Ellie, and she's not even like a lock to win. Like she can she can get beaten. So that was pretty crazy to see, especially the fact that she got beaten by one of her teammates. I think that was Heather's first <laughs> U.S. title. I want to say, and she's like she's someone who's so easy to root for because she's like come on so strong as a pro, which is obviously extremely hard to do uh i don't know a ton about her but obviously she's just the type of girl who like works hard and seems like she's got like just a really great attitude and you know new balance are they called new balance boston i don't even know what that mark coogan's team is called yeah but i think so they got they got a good thing going man they train up in surprise surprise flag stuff during this time of year just <laughs> just doing their thing so yeah, yeah. The, the fact that heather was like kind of overlooked after she made the Olympics last year was probably like a cold take. And Honestly. Proved it. Huge cold take. Yeah. And like another girl who's kind of coming out as well as Josette. Um, she's, she killed it after competing. And I think was the wrong event for her. The 5 5k. I think she was the 5k at the Olympics trials. Yeah. Tried to. Yeah. She did. yeah. So she competed really well there. Um, but she ran some shorter, this, she ran 1500s and, and she was killing it. She killed it in Europe and she went to the Diamond League final and killed it there. And she's had, she's come on really strong and, and has done really well and worked really hard. And she's, um, yeah, des- rightfully deserved to get a spot on the uh, US team, which is no easy feat. So it was a pretty yeah. awesome race to watch. I particularly noticed that the 1500s for both men and women were actually a lot of, a lot more entertaining than the 3Ks because mm. like, there was more racing involved, I think. Yeah, well, um, the men's 3k was surprisingly didn't look very competitive at the end it seemed like yeah. they hands it to call personally. i mean it, i think it's one of those ones where like it looks like it's handed to him but then you, i think if you take a step back it's like well what is what is how is someone gonna beat someone when they're kind of in the form that he's in you know like i don't think he's unbeatable as shown by a certain someone in this cast definitely wasn't me i can say i can say that much. Wasn't me either. <laughs> but the thing is i think it's a case of when you look at that start line i think you would say that cole can probably run as quick in a time trial setting 
over 3K or 1,500 as like everyone in both those fields. And then you know that he can also close probably quicker than all of them. So it's kind of like how Ed Chez was when, when Ed Chez was in college and winning all those titles and everyone was, you know, being like, what the hell are these stupid sit and kick races? Like they're just letting Chez win. But then at the same time, Chez was probably just quicker than everyone else if it was a fast race as well. So I, I don't I don't know if they could have played out any quicker. I guess you would maybe look at someone like Emmanuel Bohr and say, okay, you just ran 13 flat for the 5K, you know, go out there and, and hammer and you can probably get it done. But again, he was probably just happy to, to qualify the for the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. But that's probably the priority, I guess. Even yeah. he wasn't really challenged for a second. No, it seemed like, I think Emmanuel Bohr, it seemed like when Cole took the lead, Emmanuel Bohr went straight behind him, stuck on him like white on rice. And just hang hanged on to get that second place. That's what it's, and then they just kind of separated. Um, but hanged like also, indeed. look at look at who wasn't there. I hate to be that person because I know it's going to be a set of worlds. But there's a lot of good American three K runners that weren't there. Um, Yared Nagus wasn't there. Grant Fisher wasn't there. But the people in that field are good runners. Yeah, oh, no, still I, really no, good no, runners. No, no deny. No, they it were just, good runners, man. Like, I feel like maybe we're looking at runners that. I, I, I very good runners, but like competitive wise, as heavy hitters, whatever you call, it, what do you call it? Whatever. Morgan McDonald's heavy hitter list, um, like Grant Fisher and Nagus would be much more competitive with Cole for a title, um, and they weren't there, yeah. so maybe it felt like that. Agreed. But also, yeah, you just don't know what's going through people's bodies and minds during a race like that. Maybe you know, maybe it was pretty hard, and that was you know, that's just the way the race unfolded. But it did, it did look like. The 1500 was much more interesting for me because I thought I actually thought Josh Thompson was going to win. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to see the 1500. So you guys will have to give me a little play by play. But before we get to that, we should just give another shout out to our boy Dylan Maggot, who I believe came third in the 3K, and now he's on the the US team. And he's we love Dylan Maggot around here. I, I I don't know if I can say that enough. We love Dylan Maggot. So to see him achieve like that is pretty sweet. Yeah, there's actually, there's some like good people ma- making, making the teams. team in the end. Like people yeah. are like, ah, oh, sweet, that guy made the team. Like Sam Prakel as well made the fifteen hundred team. Um, yeah, because Henry Henry uh, didn't have the uh, the time. We're actually we're kind of bummed about Henry. What was the what was your South Park meme about Henry not making the team? USATF. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> like, why isn't he going? Oh, you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the reason Henry wins not going. Couldn't USATF. It's yours, ATF. It's like you didn't run the standard in the right time. You ran three thirty-three, but yeah, nah, it's not good enough. Wait, he ran three thirty-three in the summer last yeah. year. Yeah, how's that? How's that not count, dude? Good bloody Christian. Because it's only this season that matters. I don't know. Yeah, because <laughs> fuck you. That's why. <laughs> Wait, is that a, is that <laughs> a USATF thing or a World Athletics thing? Well, uh, what no, are, US, what are, what US, athletics. It's World Athletics. Yeah, I think no. because it's in, indoor as well. It has to be an indoor time. I think under 335, it's classified as an indoor standard as well, isn't it? I don't know. No, it had to be under 333, and he ran 333 oh, point. Shit. And then the indoor standard was 339 or under, and he ran 339 point. Damn. And I think the mile was 355, and I think he ran 355 point. Damn. That's interesting. Sad. It's interesting so, to talk about. Sad for Henry, but. Just speaking on MAGA, this might be taking a bit of a, a different route, but. Um, they talk about unsponsored athletes and like them, people saying there was a actually good, I think it was Rory Linkletter, who's also unsponsored, had an interesting tweet about how 
he's annoyed that people kept saying like, oh, he's running fast, give him a deal. But there's just so much more um, layers to that onion of being able to secure a deal, which I thought was really interesting from coming from an unsponsored athlete. So I feel like making a team must be one of those layers, like for Dylan. Surely making a US team will help him secure a deal um, and get some support from a brand. Might have to check with Papa Links on that one, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would say that that's probably yeah. true. Because it, it, it is interesting. Um, it was actually pretty, I was, inter- I was just interested by that because it is, from an outside perspective, if you don't go through that process, people probably get shocked and surprised. I mean, also our boy uh, Colby Jack Alexander um, got his uh, debut with Adidas, which is exciting for him. Congratulations to, to him getting that deal. It's very well, very well owned. Um, but like, yeah, like it's just interesting. I think it's interesting because people don't necessarily understand like what it, sometimes what it takes to get people to be able to secure a deal. So hopefully for Dylan, that's a nice goal for him is to make a USA team and he was able to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think, I think that certainly was his goal and it is great that he achieved it, but yeah, going back to, yeah, getting a sponsorship, we like is, is a very difficult thing to do because the way, the way the market works is your hype is tends to be the most when you're straight coming out of college. So if you've, you know, come out of being out of college for a few years and you've already had a previous contract and you don't get re-signed or you didn't get a deal out of college and you've just been running unsponsored to make the jump to then being a sponsored runner just takes so much more than it initially took to get a deal out of college. Cause when you sign a deal out of college, the reality is that you're mostly getting signed on potential and Another reality is that there is a, there's a big spotlight on the NCAA. So if you achieve in the NCAA, then you're going to you know, grow your profile as, a, as an athlete much more than you, know, you can just like running similar times as a pro. It's just, it's just the reality of it. So yeah, it is very hard to do. But you do hope that when someone is as a pro putting down those great performances that then eventually they will get compensated and get supported and be able to continue to do it. And so, yeah, Colby achieved that, which yeah, we've talked about him, you know, a few weeks ago about how much we were loving, like the way he was racing and all that. So it is really cool to see that it can happen, but nonetheless, it is very tricky to do. So for someone like Dylan, it's like, I guess, I don't know what you got to do. No, it's like something that I think people just yeah underestimate how difficult it is to get a deal um when yeah. you're in that kind of position did colby jack have a what was his sponsor before did he have a sponsor before okay. well he was okay. part of the new york new jersey yeah. track club i believe who okay. was sponsored as a as a group so he had, was part of the group sponsorship thing that they had going on apparently he pulled his hamstring in that race too really yeah we're yeah, in the we street who, who, who did we hear that from oh i don't know one of your sources <laughs> George got all the um, but apparently he pulled his hammy uh, off during, the line. Off the line, yeah, and and that doesn't sound great. But I also that doesn't that's hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he looked great. He looked great in the race. No, he looked but, great in the race. He just kind of faded back. And just to give you the recap, Morgs. Um, yeah, please do. Cole Hawker was pretty much in last, and Colby Jack was in. And first. Colby Jack was in first. So I thought, okay, Colby Jack's looking good to, to secure a spot if he's running the way he has been running. Um, and then it kind of, I saw Cole did the creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. But then I think it was like a lap to go. Cole was still pretty far back. Really? Doing a, doing a, doing a George Beamish here, learning from who he's been beaten from. But he kind of left it pretty late. And I think he only passed, Josh Thompson took the lead 
was in the lead until probably about 20 minutes left in the um, race. Maybe even less. Less, I think. 10 minutes less. And then Cole comes through and it gets was, him. It was Literally, te- it, was textbook George. it was textbook fucking George. That's and textbook George. I watched that. And I think, obviously, the guy can close. But he only closed in the 26, did he? It's 26, I no, think. No, no, so 26 is really fast. But he's closed at 25 before. It's like 26.9. Yeah. He just seemed like he... he I think, I think he left it. His timing was perfect. Yeah, his timing was perfect. But I think like... No, I think they were saying... It just seemed like it was a little bit... If it was any later, he would have maybe not got Thompson. But he got I mean, it. Yeah. He, he got it done. Like that's so ballsy in an indoor 1500 because <laughs> a indoor 1500 is over so quickly. And obviously on an indoor track, it's quite a bit harder to go around people than it is in an outdoor 1500. So... And especially if it's a USA's where you know it's probably going to be bunched, so you're going to have to go pretty wide. That that is pretty impressive. Was it? I didn't even see. Was it a quick race? Like what type of times did they run? Three thirty nine. Yeah, was the winning time. So not crazy quick. Probably pretty big. But I think they were, they were saying. I think Spokane's at like just over two thousand feet. It is a little bit. It is. I think that's like enough to make running that fast just not feel very good. Like mm. you're not going to PR or break any records. Even if like you don't obviously get a conversion or anything, if this was the NCAA, like they're not, they don't give you anything for it. But I don't think it lends itself to running fast. That actually does so, make sense. It makes a lot of sense. But cut them some slack on that. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, good job to Cole getting the double done. Man, he's twenty years old. How's how's he only twenty years old? Like three from three as well. Yeah. yeah. He's three from three national titles. He got pretty so impressive for twenty quickly, man. Yeah, no, he's honestly he's got a mind or headset, headset, mindset. <laughs> what type of headset does he have? Does he rock what, the what of beach? Is he wearing some sure skull own. candies? What's he wearing? Um, Astro A40s. Astro A40s, A50s maybe. <laughs> um, no, but he has got a mindset that um, is hard to teach. I think being able to have that. What's his mindset? Just being able to be comfortable being <laughs> yeah, the back, moving forward, and oh. being able to. To cope under pressure when he's like it's been able to close and pull the trigger when you when you need to to win races. It's not that's, that's not easy to to learn. Um, I I mean I think people are naturally gifted in, in instinct in racing to be able to pull it off, but to be at twenty years old and out kicking Matt Sedgwitz and out kicking a lot of amazing athletes and doing it consistently, I think is something that is pretty impressive. So. It is. It is very impressive. Obviously, what he does. Obviously, his legs, his legs have something to do with it. But yeah, his mindset's pretty fucking good. So, <clears throat> was that USA's? I feel like that was. That was USA's. That's USA's, man. That's it. Which was, yeah. I mean, it was exciting. Shout out to Sam Prequel in particular because he gave our show a shout out, and then he uh, he on his Instagram post before going, and then he made the team. So. I don't want to draw too much of a correlation between those two things, but I think that we deserve at least a little bit of the credit for that. I, I would say about forty percent. Yeah, actually, 40%. okay. This is my other question, slightly unrelated. How much credit do we get for Josh Kerr's thing? Because I have to say, I have to imagine that Ollie saying that he outclassed Josh Kerr is in some way related to Josh Wait, Kerr. Why would you get credit? I get all the credit. I didn't say me personally. I was obviously referring would- to you there. I would say we get about 40% as well credit. So we, we collectively, the three of us, sorry, four of us, sorry, guys, um, own <laughs> the British record in the mile in 1500. 40%? Well, we wouldn't <laughs> own 40% of it. Well, so if we take 40%, how much do we give to David Ribich? 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%
So, okay. And then do we give the other 55% or to Josh Kerr or do we split that up even more? Well, what about Waleed? Shouldn't we give some to Waleed? Didn't he pay some? 5%, 5% to Waleed. Waleed. Yeah. What about the I coach? Mean, honestly, the coach get any? <laughs> Danny Mackey. Gets, Danny probably gets some. He gets a bit as well. I mean, by the end, Josh is not going to have any jo- percentage left. Jo- Josh's spikes. Josh's spikes. <laughs> Josh's new spikes probably get a little Dude, bit. Honestly, though, I did love, like, I mean, props to Brooks Beast. Like, they had all their guys out there helping him out. I thought that was pretty cool. Why was why were those guys not running USA's? Why didn't Ribeye run USA's? I don't know why Ribeye didn't do that. Um, well, he didn't have the standard, right? He hasn't been mm. racing. I don't think he's been racing. I don't have priority. Anyway, but it was cool more. to see them all that they're like helping Josh out and pacing, getting in the race and getting involved. It was it was cool. It was very um, cool. I mean, those that record that he broke was like I saw it. One of them was like forty or fifty years old, which is belly. No, not her. Uh, <laughs> well, wait, no, he got three records. He also got the European. He got the European My record own. too. Uh, Sugar. What's what's that guy's name? Coglin. Coglin. Yeah. Eamon. Yeah. Eamon Coglin. He had. That's a, sorry, sorry. The herb belly, it's like a really good strain that I that I said it was British. Yeah, you got that one. Wasn't wait, was it Peter Elliot? Peter Elliot, Peter Elliot. So, sorry. There we go. Right? You think it's? I think that's right. <laughs> You're on the right track. You have I to think. confirm. Um, someone would, someone will correct me anyway. So yeah. I think I was even. I had thought about this earlier. I reckon we might be like the world's best speculative running journalists. That's a hot take. <laughs> Just what's for the, where's the passing? Let's run. It's for speculation. Yeah, don't they have speculation on that? They got a lot of speculation. Oh, he does love his fix. Um, I think people let speculate. I think the one thing that I that I think is dangerous about us is that we say stuff and people believe it. So (laughs) let's just keep doing it. (laughs) Because some shit that we've said has come true. It is. It is true. We say a lot of dumb shit. Some of it comes true. Most of it doesn't come true. But it's kind of like a what's the word for it? It's like a survivorship bias where people forget about all the stuff that we say that doesn't come true, but they remember the stuff that we say that does come true so in the end it makes us look way smarter than we are which win. is i thought yeah win. it is a win-win i thought we were like the simpsons like you know when they predicted stuff happening and it actually happened in episodes that's us yeah that's like us we're just like the simpsons what did we predict for conferences did we do any predictions you know we didn't talk through? about conferences much but i definitely think we should give a, a little rundown of what we did see which to be honest Ooh. Wasn't a lot because I can't. Say it. <laughs> you know what we? Do you know what we did talk about? Yeah. How pissed we were that a certain team, instead of going to conference, was going to Boston to get NCAA qualifiers. Yeah. Not going to name that, names. That team flies in formation, though. Oh, they do. Yeah. See, that's. It. I mean, it's not even a well. <laughs> well, our other, uh, our favorite Nico Young, yeah. qualified on a flat track. At altitude, Nico in Young, his in his second race of the weekend after win, Young, after winning the DMR. Yeah, Nico Young running seven fifty nine at altitude on a flat track is pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't even want to know like, how painful that is. <laughs> that's gonna hurt so bad. So hard. Dude, if, so if hard. Nationals was back in Albuquerque, I would not want to race him. No, he would fuck everyone up. Also, we should shout out um as a as two fellow badges, Owen Hacker. Yeah, I was Great that's early conference. Double dub. Double dub. Morgan and I have been fortunate enough to be able to have done that and he's done it too. So congratulations, Owen. It's fucking Wait, sick. I don't know if I Owen, have you're in good that. company. Huh? I don't know if did I ever do the three K. Yeah, you did the three K five K when you had a broken foot. Oh wait, did I win the five K? I don't think you did. I did. No, you won both. Oh, go me. 
Because I remember <laughs> you you kept it, you kept avoiding Mick because Mick's like he's not running, he's not running. And you kept okay, avoiding that's not him how that played out. Maybe that's how Mick told you it played out. But that's, that's how Mick told me it played out. <laughs> I did not know that I had a broken foot at the time. If I had known that I had a broken foot, I definitely would not have raced because I didn't race nationals once I found out that I had a broken foot. But Correct. nonetheless, that's in the past. Um, got the got the dub at Big Ten Conference and Big Ten Conference. You know, pretty slept on. I want to say, but obviously there are some. Hashtag heavy hitters coming out of there these days. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan Beetle Morgan Beetlejuice. Yeah, Morgan Beetlejuice didn't have an ideal conference. I don't think he won. He didn't have ideal insofar as he didn't win either still, like, races top, that he, he won. Something. He ran three races. He got fit for the NCAAs. Yeah. NCAAs to be interesting. Actually, NCAAs is going to be interesting to see how that goes because this is the craziest NCAAs we've ever seen so we're gonna, yeah hopefully the hype is legit and it's not boring we're gonna hold back that's our preview for next week well, yeah but i'm just that's it's gonna be interesting conference not much to get from conference other than that pack yeah, 12 I, sorry, I to get a conference so you guys can stop cheating and getting qualifiers but everyone else is actually racing cheaters no it's true like every other con- like everyone else has to do conference yeah. but pack 12 goes to washington and runs really fast times and kicks everyone else out of the uh uh, it just it just seems unfair in my opinion. It, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense why you would not have an indoor conference meet when everyone is racing indoors and and you are holding literally a conference invitational whatever that means like just just nah. not up and race conference whatever I don't, whatever it means is bullshit i'm going i don't know who we're talking to here i don't know who we're talking to who's we're talking to we're talking, i'm talking to i think colorado and oregon seeing some of those like because like those what, a lot of those schools that have really them, no, yeah and also see you went to the dempsey and actually and raced kind of race they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go to bu yeah i guess okay so but that doesn't give you a a, a card saying like oh i didn't go to bu so it's okay no like i feel like there should be a conference <laughs> these guys should be competing against each other and racing um instead of just like kicking everyone else out because they like just it's annoying yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's like the schools. I, I might go to Phil Knight. Is Phil Knight still alive? Can we? Is he still <laughs> alive? Birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Phil! Okay, I'm going to Phil Knight and telling him to start a conference meet because it is, it is ridiculous, and he has to do something about that. So we yeah, call it the Coffee Club Conference. Yo, <laughs> I like we that. Can host it. We'll host it, and then um, what will happen is. They, if they do two time trials, they actually get removed from the uh, deepest list. <laughs> hey, what about this? What about time this? Trial, no paces, no time trial races. You're, you're running to, to win something prestigious, which is Yo. a handshake from Gus. <laughs> Has anyone thought about this? What if you gave bonuses for how slow you can run, but you like it's still like you have to win though? So it's like, it's like first place is like $1,000. If I guess I don't even know why I'm talking about money because we're talking about college meets here where there's not prize money anyway. <laughs> okay. But I'm just I'm just spitballing here. What if it was what if it was like one thousand dollars if you win and it's sub four? But then what if it was like ten thousand dollars if you win and it was like slower than five minutes? Wouldn't that? <laughs> I tell, tell you one thing. If that was put in Matt Sensiewicz's contract yeah. when he won the Olympic gold medal, he'd be laughing. Dude, we three fifty. He would have won an Olympic gold medal. He would have made hey. so much money off your. Uh, that that kind of bonus that'd be hilarious just just an idea just throwing it out there i mean yeah, i guess I, everyone would probably it. just walk like you just literally walk and then just start <laughs> <running>. <laughs> so it probably wouldn't work in reality 100 to go, everyone just starts sprinting 
That'd be, I mean, released for them are. Yeah. Let's speak game. to let's yeah. speak to the the head honchos at on and see if we can get if we can get that put into our contracts. Heavy hitters, the on heavy hitters. The hashtag heavy hitters at, at Pan. Let's let's see what we can Morgan's, do. With that. Morgan's heavy hitters. So we got textbook George, um, Morgan's heavy hitters, and what was mine? Mm. Uh, good for the sport. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. good for the sport. Haven't heard that much lately. No, we didn't bring that back. We didn't bring that. Yeah, we we had a lot of opportunities today to talk about it, so we could just run through the topics we've talked about today. Okay, Josh Kerr, not racing British champs, but running three forty eight instead. That's that's a tough one. You don't get to deliberate. You just have to go with your gut. uh, Hashtag not good for the sport. The reason. Okay, let me explain why. The reason why is I think he's going to break it anyway. He's going to break it anyway. That's a good point. Like he could just run the British champs. Win the British champs and then just run it later. He could, he, like, he could do just it. Just do it in the British champs. Stop being a coward. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, I was do say, it, just do it in the British champs. Just get Let one of his. I guess it'd be yeah. hard to get someone to pace it for him, but yeah, hey, I don't that, know. Was, that I, was a good one. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was that's conflicting because I think it's on the on the middle, almost neutral, but yeah, pretty mid. All right, the, the next one I think would be Cole Hawker doing the double, but then choosing to not race at Worlds. Oh God, I think again hashtag not good for the sport because you want. So, like, if you're a fan of Cole Hawker, you want him to go to Worlds and win, right? Winning the uh, American, doing the dub at the American Champs is freaking awesome. But if you're a Cole Hawker fan, you want him to win Worlds. You want him to win, like, be the best in the world. And he's not doing that. So, yeah, agreed. I unfortunately say not good for the sport. Yeah. Have we got any others from today, George? Dude, uh, flying in formation to Boston on conference Oh, weekend? hashtag not good for the sport. I'll die in that <laughs> fucking I fucking hate that shit. I I hated it when I was in college. Get a Pac-12 meet, race, and don't kick off kids that like don't have the opportunity to actually like do time to get paced. We we do love Reed Brown. It's not it's not personal. I freaking love. I love most of this. I mean, it's not personal. Same with the Colorado people. Like a lot of those people are freaking amazing people. They're gems. But in realistic sense of my mind, it's not fair. Yeah, we love reading. He hopes you runs well at NCAA's. We love you guys. We love people in Pac-12. We just think that you guys should have your own conference. Clutch for Reed Brown to come through and get it done on the last the Seriously. last opportunity. Just a speed suit, baby. Was he wearing a speed suit? He was. Was he? Yeah. It's a speed Damn. suit, baby. I bet they make some nice speed suits. Oregon, yeah, they're really nice. The Nike one. Cooper Teardrop is wearing his little speed suit for his uh 350 mile. He was. Was he yeah. really? I don't want to. I don't want to say anything, but. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wore the speed suit before everyone else. I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay, see, so you say okay, it, all the Inga Britsons, all the Inga Britsons wore it forever. Well, they, so, they yeah. called me up. They called me up and said, "Hey, Ollie, do you reckon this would be a good idea?" And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, do okay. it. I'm, I'm going to be doing it when I go pro, boys. You go for it." No, I, I noticed that it has been a transition though that more people are wearing speed suits. And really, I'm for it. it wasn't an option on my gear list for New Zealand. <laughs> it was Wait, did you have an, do you have an Aussie speed suit lined oh, up? Yeah, baby, I have an Aussie yeah. Aussie speed suit up line. Although I did see. Um, I don't think two weeks shout, shout out to my mate <laughs> Rowan Browning. He did model it, and it looks like it'll be too daggy on my arms, but we'll see. Is it a t-shirt one? Yeah. Oh, those are so They're sick. Pretty sick really cool. I think it's Rowan was wearing it, and Rowan's like pretty like built, and I think it was a bit. Your little bit chicken arms? arms, and I got little chicken wings. He's got nice buff arms, so I could. You be just start taking some creatine or something, man. Maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll send a message down under. And just, a 2XU just... surely would make one. <laughs> yeah, ask him. Ask him. Not feeling super confident about that one, but yeah, if it had a t-shirt, I would be like way more inclined to wear it. Yeah. I wonder how those t-shirt on jerseys are going. Hey, they're in the pipes. 
in the pipeline. <laughs> they're in the pipes currently. They're in the pipes. <laughs> they're in the pot. Right. They're in the plumbing. <laughs> okay, this is a this is a good for the sport, which is pretty random. But we were going to talk about this as one of our Q and A's for this week. But so I'm going to give it to you now to spur this discussion. The Kanye versus Pete beef. <laughs> Which is like, it's kind, of, it's kind of already it's irrelevant. Kind of it's happened sport, like two weeks though. ago. <laughs> What's it got to do with sport? One guy, one guy won't take his meds and the other guy will take his meds. That's what it seems like. Um, That's uh, a well, biased take. We got, we're actually, we're split right now by, by a state of Team Pete and Team Kanye. Yeah, I'm Team Pete. We're Team Pete back in Boulder. In, I mean, I'm Team more, Kanye more insofar as I just think he's like the greatest genius yeah you love that you, you would sleep with kanye and like look i i i love kanye's music but i think the way he's treating kim and the way he's treating pete is just not ideal well obviously i don't harassing someone that. isn't isn't cool doing it on social media isn't cool particularly someone who's had <laughs> suicidal tendencies it's not a cool thing to do particularly someone mm. that has dealt with me- mental health issues like Kanye has. I feel like I don't know why he would do that to someone who he probably knows has mental health issues in the past. But yeah, he probably doesn't think about it like that. I love Kanye's <laughs> music. I love his music. I just wish I could separate his music from the shit that he's like. I mean, is it entertaining to see happen? Yeah, but it's not great. I would say it's hashtag not good for the sport. I say I know it'd be good for the sport if uh, they actually combined and did a uh, comedy song or some shit. I don't know. You know, you know, right? they might because he had a big beef with Drake and then they ended up performing like a few weeks later together. I think I think the thing with Kanye is that I think it's all I mean, maybe he is like really like struggling with this stuff. But also, I think so much of it is just like his album release cycle where he just he's just he's at the front page of all the news when he's releasing music. And I don't think that's a I don't think he just wants to call it drama. I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, that's what yeah. it takes now. I mean, like if you look you at all the stars, cool. it's it's just like the game that they play to an extent. But when it gets too real, yeah, then it's like, then it's like, yeah, bro, you gotta you gotta chill out a bit. So I see where you're coming from. I, I, no, I yeah, I, I just yeah, that's my personal opinion though, because I, I I love Kanye's music and I love Pete's uh, comedy. It's just like their personal lives are just like all over the place. It's messy, very messy, very, very messy. messy. All right. Well, that probably concludes our good for the sport, but leads us in nicely to some more Q&A. One that I we believe we've done it before, but why not revisit it? Because it is a pretty classic question that you get from a lot of fans. And that is, what is your pre-race ritual? And based on our previous answers, I think George and I tend to be pretty similar on this stuff. And then Ollie has a very unique one. So do you want to take it first, Ollie? Yeah. Um, people would know that self-hatred is... One of the better ones of my rituals um, has worked for me. It hasn't worked for me recently because it's hard to self-hate right now. Um, <laughs> I'm actually feeling good about myself. I'm just in such a good spot. I'm mentally. just feeling good about myself. Um, but yeah, like self-hatred, like, I mean, I'm sure like for me personally, I like, I like to have a lot of music playing. I also personally don't like to um, like, I don't like to, I, oh, you know how people sometimes put on like their racing kit? Um, under it, mm-hmm. under their gear before, and then they go out. I don't like doing that. Yeah, neither actually. So I like put on my racing kit before I get in because, like, I kind of want to warm up before and then put it on. I know that, like, a lot of I like putting I, it on at the the last, last possible. Yeah, moment. I feel like Dude, that's that is, for me as well. That is such a good point, and that actually brings up a question which I still struggle 
with like to this day is I never know like if I'm if I'm wearing long tights or tracky pants, I never know if I should put my race shorts on at the hotel or if I should wait to put them on at the track. And I inevitably always put them on at the hotel just because I don't want to like, you know, have yeah. to go through the I, struggle of like putting your shorts on and like flipping your, your dick out like at the track. But I do try to leave my singlet off though. I will say that. Yeah, I think no. I'm, I'm agreeing with Morgan. I've had that thought before about putting like race shorts under tights, like not super comfortable, but it's no, worth it's it to not. avoid the hassle later. Although speaking of not wearing your race singlet before like the race and put it on later if you guys ever hear oh the yeah. story at wisconsin you know how you know you would get you know um you know you would get our jerseys like the night before in subways and would like for a couple of years they were like kind of trying to keep them hidden for whatever reason like and would wear them right before yeah so like at 2018 in subways at nutty were like in the tent like getting ready it's like like right before the race and so we're like trying to keep these jerseys hidden like we're not wearing them like putting them on before the race and then like someone rocks up to our tent and is like holding up a jersey and was like it was is anyone like missing any new jerseys like got a number pinned to it and everything it's like i just found this in the in the port of Lou back there and no way. louise had taken his jersey to the toilet and left it there and then just gone back to the gym <laughs> like right before the race and it was Dude, just that is that is stressful i don't know it how it's very stressful how you so do he just that. like didn't have it and some wow. someone just like brought it to the team louise is like so, he's like he's like pretty chill though right he's the type of guy that like would do something like that no yeah probably and just be fine so like, don't wear your jersey we we won't but also like don't lose it definitely don't, don't, definitely don't lose that jersey because otherwise <laughs> you end up like justine I was going to say, unless you're Justine and you have a master plan where you know that you'll get put into the next round and then you'll have just raced one less race than everyone else and you'll be fresh and ready to go and then you'll come second at into the Blaze. Master hot plan. Take. Actually, master not, plan. Even a hot take. not a hot take. That's Facts. like very, very factual. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't his intention to forget his, his singlet, but definitely helped him out not having to race. I yeah. think coffee's pretty standard pre-race ritual. Yeah. People, yeah, people do, you like have, do you have a certain time for, for a coffee before a race? On the line, <laughs> just an espresso shot on the line. That would be baller. Yeah, that would be baller. You also um, get acid reflux though, wouldn't you? If it's like a straight espresso I haven't, shot. I haven't tried it. That's true. Got to test that out in training as late as possible without it being uncomfortable. Yeah, whatever that means. Interesting. Uh, hmm. I've had one like at the track before, like right before warming up. Yeah, I I think I've done it. I've I normally sometimes I'll bring it on the bus, you know, and then I'll sip it on the bus. I guess it always yeah depends on how you early the meet the meet you you going there. But yeah, yeah, I like to do like two hours before I warm up or two hours, yeah, maybe like an hour before I warm. It depends, I guess. But yeah, that's the only thing that's like constant in my ritual is the is having a coffee before a race. But apart from that. Nothing really sticks out as a pre-race ritual. I do like to shake out. I like to shake out, obviously. I think like we all do that as well. So that's that's pretty standard. That's not very unique. But apart from that, not much else going on. Maybe maybe one thing I would say actually is on race day, I don't like to go on social media. If I don't know if that's common, like if that's the same for you guys, but I like to kind of like get that's a good habit focused like in my own zone so i i really i won't even like respond to messages sometimes like i'll because like if someone wishes me good luck or maybe i'll just like it but i won't i'll like get pretty 
in my own space. Yeah. No, I think that's good too because then you can just message those people after the race. <laughs> yeah. Say thanks. You know. Yeah. So, so um, that's how I am yeah. on race day. That's how I operate. Yeah. But sweet. But um, with that one, I guess that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope it was solid doing this via the interwebs. Unfortunately, not all in the same room. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's episode twenty-four. We'll see you guys next week. Just before we go, sorry, I don't want to. Um, we should shout out someone that probably listens to this pod, Derek Rubis. Um, he's got colon cancer, so we. I think it'd be nice for us to say um, we wish you all the best, uh, Derek, and um, best of luck with with everything. We our thoughts are with you, and uh, we know you're a fan of the coffee club and also the running community. You've been a very supportive person, so um, yeah, we uh, our thoughts are with you, and hope you're doing okay, mate. Yeah, we hope the best for him. He's been a fan of all of ours for for a long time so he has yeah. the best. <laughs>